did try an odd pivot when asked about the central platform of his campaign. A lot of voters are voting for candidates who aren't calling for Medicare for all, who aren't calling for a revolution. Is everybody really wanting a revolution like that? Uh, you know, let's go easy on the word re- political revolution. You know, we're, we're trying to follow. And you, the, you're the one who's used well, to the I word. Mean, you know, but I don't want people, you know, to overstate. What? <laughs> now you don't want us to overstate the word revolution? That's your whole brand. This is like Nike suddenly changing their slogan to just don't overdo it. Hmm. Colbert uh, with a joke about Bernie. Yeah, listen, the whole revolution thing, try to get college kids to feel like they're doing something important, to rally them to your brand. I've always said it was ridiculous or dangerous. Now Bernie's had to admit it. So debate tonight, and to me, the thing is, will other candidates, one or more, go after Bernie hard? Nobody did last week. Seemed crazy then because he was the he was the front runner then. He's really the front runner now. If if you're not going to try to take him out tonight, I don't know why you're running. It's got to be Joe's theory. You're trying to become, you know, uh, you want to be like Ben Carson is sure. the secretary in uh, Trump's administration. To the victor go the spoils, and the victor usually hands out some of the spoils, and you want some of them. I tell you what, they ought to do. The rest of them ought to all get together backstage. And draw straws. Or, I want or, Bernie to win, by the way, so that's fine with me if they don't go after <laughs> I have no problem with Because that. you think he'll lose badly in the general, or because you're a damned communist? I th- well, two reasons. I think, it'd be the m- <laughs> I think it would be the most entertaining to have Trump and Bernie run against each other. And you're a damned communist. Um, uh, and I do think he would lose nationally. Although, I, I'm, I'm less sure of that as I was before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, they all have to get backstage and say, listen... One of us has got to bring down the crazy old uh, socialist. Now, none of us have a chance. We all know it. We've all got to go in. It's it's a suicide pact, whatever. Uh, whoever gets chosen is going to murder Bernie, uh, rhetorically speaking. But they've got to, they've got to be more do, plain spoken. I know. They're so bad at it is the problem. Mayor Pete with his look, it's my way or the highway, is not going to work. you got to be more specific. We can't have a socialist be our nominee. He's not even in our party. He's going to, he's going to lose 46 states. He just lost Florida yesterday by praising Castro. And he praises China, communist China, which currently has millions of peoples in, uh, people in concentration camps. Again, I don't want to ask somebody. China is that. Are we going to elect somebody who praises the oppressive Chinese communists? So I don't want them to say that, but I just I don't understand what you're holding back for. Well, you're willing to gamble with the soul of this country for your entertainment, Jack, but I am not. Apparently I am. It would seem that I am. <laughs> um, uh, but so the person that might be most likely oh, to... Oh, you know what? I'm sorry to interrupt, but that reminds me that we do have a deep fake video at armstrongandgetty.com, uh, and it is... Good enough to be disturbing of me, Joe Getty, reciting my allegiance to the Soviet Union. You look good in that coat. It's I'm a deep fake. Lie. Now, they got to get the voice thing, although um, it does look like a young me in a trench coat. It really looks like you with your hair slicked back from the 50s. Yeah. That's Actually, wild. That's about my hairline, too. That's wild. Yeah. Um, also at our website is the six-minute workout. I still haven't done it yet. I read it over the weekend. I thought there's no there's no excuse for not doing this. It's six minutes. Yeah, went on a power walk with my dog yesterday, but I intend to get to it and try it. 
I intend to do also. Well, no, wait, wait, wait. I, I did something else exercising. Uh-huh. Hey. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> I was. I know that look. That's a mocking look. <laughs> I was dunking basketballs on my new basketball goal. Right. My son videotaped me in slow motion. I sent it to Hanson, and Hanson's going to put it today. You think it'll be out today? Oh, you know what? <laughs> yeah. We're joking. Me, Duncan. Oh, you got to see. It's a tribute to Kobe Bryant is what it is. Right. We're joking <laughs> that it's a tribute to Kobe. Hey, I'm just saying. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Uh, Hanson. You ought to get like a, a a shot of Kobe Duncan, then fade to Jack dunking, and have Kobe's face like looming in the corner as if he's blessing Jack's efforts. And when you post it, make sure you hashtag Mamba mentality. Yeah, yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, yes. And the reason my son laughed until he cried after taking the video is the way my shirt flies up and shows, as he said, my fat belly. <laughs> oh, I was boy, wearing kids. jeans, cowboy boots. Well, I was wearing the same thing I wore to work, so. Makes it, it's not the best attire to dunk in, I, I realized. Um, back to the debate tonight. So the guy most likely to take on Bernie, seriously take him on, is Bloomberg. Because I don't think he in any way is angling to be part of Bernie's administration. And he spent a half a billion dollars of his own money. His campaign advisor last week said, look, we've got enough oppo research on Bernie Sanders to fill a building. My response to that would be, what are you waiting for? Right. He's freaking going to walk away with this thing. What are you holding back for? Well, maybe they've started to dump it. They're out today. Should we play the audio first before I explain this? Uh, or? Yeah, yeah. Let's, okay. just, let's just hear this. Bernie has gone through this campaign without being held accountable. He hasn't been vetted as thoroughly by the media as some of the other candidates. Other Democrats on the stage haven't challenged him on the debate stage as much as they've challenged each other. And Bernie has a very trippy record, to say the least. Bernie has all of this loopy stuff in his background saying things like, you know, uh, women get cancer from having too many orgasms or toddlers should run around naked and touch each other's genitals to insulate themselves from porn. Why has this stuff not been more surfaced? He's written about women's rape fantasies. That hasn't been surfaced. That's the loony side of Bernie. That was quite something. I actually have heard most of that. I had heard some of it. I had. Yeah. I. I don't know if I'd heard the toddler's part, but yeah, I, I have heard of it. But well, why he was not being on, re, you know, surfaced like he said? Right. Yeah. It ought to be. Yeah. He was big into the communist idea of raising children in communes communally. There's not a nuclear family. There's not mommy, daddy, kids. There's just the 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 commune, the group. I'm sure that stuff will come up, but you're well, like, talking about Bloomy doing it, but old uh, boring Bloomy is way too soft on the Chinese communists. Uh, so a uh, number of news organizations have reached out to the Sanders comment, uh, Sanders campaign for comment because this just happened this morning, and they have not responded. Yes, do you think that'll come up in the debate tonight? Does Bloomberg say that on the debate stage? I don't know. But here's what Sanders says happened. This, this was first reported by Mother Jones in 2015, the last time Sanders was running for president. Mother Jones is as left as it gets. Why did they try to bring down Bernie in 2015? Don't know. They just got a scoop. Sanders began the essay written for the Vermont Freeman, an alternative newspaper, by writing about men and women's sexual fantasies. His point was that gender roles can create troubling dynamics in people's sex lives. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know if this stuff will bother people or if that uh, reasoning would help. I don't know. The excerpts I've seen are all about women really like a good forceful rape fantasy. Now, maybe his rationale is he goes a couple steps beyond that, that it's 
Because of modern gender roles. Well, women. Because they're not in communes with naked children touching each other's genitals. Well, the women get cancer from too many orgasms. Couldn't he just say, well, some scientists at the time believed that. that no longer, nobody believes it anymore. So. Did somebody actually believe that? I don't know. And shut up. Yeah, hey. Furthermore, shut up. Uh, toddlers should run around naked and touch each other's genitals to insulate themselves from porn. He, <laughs> he wrote that. All right. I'd, I'd have to say see it in context. I just don't Here's think this sort of thing. stuff sticks anymore. It just doesn't. It would if it were delivered in a skilled way. You think? But you'll see uh, Amy Klobuchar with her, what do you what do you call it, Sean? Awkward ant energy? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, she's got so much of that. She'll she'll take some terrible, ineffective shot, or Bloomberg will hint at it, then lose his nerve and just kind of skulk around to look at the stage. I could buy all of you. You're right. <laughs> or, or little Pete will try to uh, unleash some sort of corporate tested phrase on Bernie that'll fall flat and then he'll chicken out. I just, these people are not good at it. <laughs> and the other thing is, and this is conventional wisdom in politics, and I don't know if it's still true anymore. It might be, probably depends on the person, but the conventional wisdom is you have to be the positive. We can do great things. Come on, let's make America great. City on the hill, whatever. An angry attacking guy does not win. I don't know. We're just, we're into an era now that nobody quite understands, but this populism and tribal thing where there's just this momentum there nobody gets crowds like trump and bernie Mm -hmm. and i think this sounds a lot like boy when the sex tape came out on trump this is gonna be damaged didn't make a dent at all no made people who hated him hate him more right but the people liked him are still gonna run through walls for trump and i think bernie will be the same way Mm. i don't know so i don't know we'll see wow so Bernie wants little kids to grab each other by the meow, meow. I mean, in effect. To insulate them from porn, which is a positive. A little porn insulation. How thick do you want that? <laughs> Six inches at least. And what the heck? And Biden's claiming he got arrested in South <coughs> South Africa at one point when he was a U.S. senator? Yeah, he was uh, supporting Nelson Mandela, and he got arrested. He claims, but it was not in his memoir. New York Times can find no record of it. It's hard to imagine a U.S. senator getting arrested in South Africa without it making the New York Times. You'd and think he would have come back immediately and talked about it or something. And none of the people on the plane with him say they remember it. In, so, in apartheid South Africa, that would have been incredibly controversial. Heck yeah. That Huge been news story. International incident. So, okay. Well, I again, I feel like we're... We're kicking a corpse or or explaining why Jimmy Carter shouldn't be reelected. We're, Joe Biden is done. We're beating up on Deval Patrick for a misstatement. <laughs> Joe Biden ain't going near the White House unless, I don't know, his grandkid wins a national championship or something. <laughs> He's not going anywhere near it. So but I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. Yeah, I don't think you can catch me, old man. <laughs> awesome. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. He just like ratted me out to my boss. I never really got over that. Was it personally vindicating? 
And for so. you to see his, his he, comedic downfall? Oh my God. It was amazing. <laughs> I, I imagine it's what like Ariana feels like now, like just watching me just tumble for two years. <laughs> just being like, yes. But yeah, it felt great. I loved it. That guy hasn't been nice to many people, so. Really? Yeah, that dude's just a, a piece of Really? Yeah, he's not a nice guy. Maybe he's changed, I don't know, but like he's not nice to young comics. Pete Davidson talking about Louis C.K. I read this the other day, so he claims that Louis C.K., when he hosted Saturday Night Live, walked into the office and, and Pete Davidson of Saturday Night Live, he's the tall, skinny guy that's uh, got drug and mental problems. Um, I think he'd say he has mental problems, not drug problems. He's a drug user with mental problems. Yeah, he's an um, extremely talented uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, very, very well. funny guy. Yeah. Um, dated Ariana Grande. Was engaged, as a matter of fact. He's a little crazy, but aren't we all? Anyway, he says when Louis C.K., the comedian, was hosting Saturday Night Live, Louis C.K. came into his office and saw him smoking pot and went and told Lorne Michaels, the guy who runs Saturday Night Live, like to get him in trouble. <sighs> Narked on him. And That's so uncool. And Pete's view was, Belushi and Aykroyd used to do coke back here. <sighs> Speedballs. Same boss. So. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Oh, that reminds know. me. Somebody, one of your Twitter accounts, uh, lovers of history or whatever, tweeted the other day a picture of Eric Idle of Monty Python when he looked like a matinee idol with his long, curly rock and roll hair and everything. And Mick Jagger and John Belushi all partying at some club in New York wow. in 1977. Yeah. Whew. Glamorous times, except for, you know, the death. So, oh, is there more on Pete? Is it worth playing? He wants to leave Saturday Night Live. Do we care about this? Uh, this is, I think this one is interesting. Yeah. Okay. okay. Here's the thing. is like I personally think I should be done with that show because they make fun of me on it. Like, That's the point. It's a comedy sketch show. No, but like I get it. But like I'm cold open political punchlines. I'm like weekend update jokes. When I'm not there, like they'll be like, huh, 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 but Pete's a jerk face. And you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. whose side are you on? I really wanted last year to be my last year. You kind of have no choice but to be self-deprecating, right? Well, that's just my type of, like, humor, but also, like, yeah, you got me, because they think I'm dumb. Like, I'm literally painted out to be, like, this big, dumb idiot. Like, even all my sketches are just me being like, okay, sure, you know? So it's just like, I have to. Well, that's interesting. Well, that's not going to help you keep that gig, but maybe he doesn't want to. Yeah, he, he said, I'm not sure if I'm in on the joke anymore or if I'm Yeah, if I'm well, I've, I've wondered yeah. that yeah. several times myself. <laughs> I've wondered that several times myself. Yeah. What is going on there? Are you, are you playing along with this whole you're about to get your heart broken thing like it's a joke? Are you actually bothered by it? Or Yeah, interesting. And finally, his uh, aspirations to fatherhood. I love love. That's how I grew up. I, my, just my mom, my sister. I didn't have like a man around the house, so like I was just like, "What am I gonna find my princess charming?" <laughs> yeah, that's all I've ever wanted. I just want to be. I just want to have a kid. That's it. That's what you want. I just want a kid. I think that would be awesome. It'll keep me around, you know. Keep my head up, mm. you know, and just like I want to be there for something that you know, or do something that I could. I didn't have growing up. That's like my biggest thing. What are you waiting on? Like, I got to be uh, in love and stuff. It's just like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like at the point where I'm like, maybe I should adopt or something. He's uh, He wants a purpose for his life greater than himself. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, that's one of the, the themes of the fabulous book Tribe by Sebastian Younger, which we'll be discussing on an extra long podcast later this week. 
Uh, yeah, I've known a few people who uh, had kids with the idea that this would this would make them quit screwing around, mm. and that I'd seen a, a serious lack of success with that. Yeah, plan, yeah, a human child is not a self help book. Well, you think it will make you stop drinking, doing drugs, whatever it is you're doing, uh, but it doesn't. Anyway. Um, I wish the young lad nothing but health and success, Jack. So Troubled boy. Bernie's praise of Fidel Castro sent me to uh, a number of books last night, wanting to get more up to speed on Cuba and Fidel and whatnot. As there were some arguments going on, and as I was watching people even on MSNBC lose their minds over Bernie praising Fidel Castro. Mm-hmm. And anyway, it reminded me of a chapter from uh, Christopher Hitchens' book, one of my favorite journalists. Uh, the late Christopher Hitchens, he wrote a, a chapter about when he went to Cuba in 1968 as a young man. He and his friends bought into the whole workers' paradise, revolution, going to take over the world thing, because he was a social, socialist himself. Mm-hmm. And so they all went to Cuba to work on the coffee bean farms. Um, and it's interesting as he became disillusioned very, very quickly about the revolution and Fidel and, and, and the whole workers' paradise and everything like that, as they took his passport away when he landed, and he thought, that's interesting. <laughs> and it only got worse from there as he realized they're lying about everything and uh, stealing and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and the enthusiasm that you hear about from the people is compelled at the point of a gun. So, so did Bernie just continue to buy all that workers' paradise stuff? Yeah, he's hardcore. Hitch was famously hardcore rational. Bernie, I don't think is. He's an ideologue. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Debate tonight. Voting in South Carolina Saturday. Super Tuesday a week from today. We'll have a dang good idea who the nominee is going to be, Bernie Sanders, uh, by a week from today. I heard what you did. That was subliminal messaging. Subliminal. Uh, Hey, listen, speaking of Bernie Sanders, uh, we are featuring, from now till, I don't know, we're tired of it, notes from people who've actually lived under socialist systems, whether democratic socialism of the sort of England or uh, or your uh, Scandinavian countries or Cuba or, or China or whatever. Uh, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. They're already coming in. They're great. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. I've known a number of people who decided to, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to move to blankety blank. And without really like looking into it and realizing the particulars of it, and they get to blankety blank, and they realize not only is the grass not greener on the other side, but uh, you know there's there are aspects that, that they hate. Well, here's my pessimistic view on that. So we're, we want to give you an accurate view of what it's like. If Bernie won and got the Senate, because he'd have to have control of the Senate to really do much. Mm-hmm. If Bernie won and got control of the Senate, we get there. Senate, we get there faster. But if he doesn't, we still get there. It just takes a little longer. That's the direction we're going. That's the direction an, an advanced, soft, happy society like ours is going to go. People want stuff for free. It's just the way it is. Jack, everybody the- wants the fulfillment of living their dream as opposed to just supporting themselves. Jack, as I started to say, if all I can do... Hey, Michael, can you get the Battle Hymn of the Republic ready? Oh, that'd be good. Can you get that? Yeah. As I was saying, Jack, if all I can do to serve this beautiful country is to press on the brakes a little bit 
and slow our descent into the hell of socialism to give us a slightly better chance to turn this country around before ruin? That's what I'm going to do. I'd like to think I could stop it myself and turn it around and return it to the values we hold dear, but if I can't, by God, I will throw myself in front of the wheels after pressing the brakes. I don't know. I I guess I'll climb out of the window, hurl myself in front of the car of state, and if my crumpled corpse slows it down by one inch, that will be a sacrifice. Turn up the music. A sacrifice worth making. I'm Joe Getty, and I stand by this message. Yeah, Yeah, good. (laughs) The siren song of socialism. Yep. People like it. Oh, it sounds like such a nice idea. All you have to do is ignore all of history and all of human nature. Ho-hum. So, speaking of human nature, why do so many people living on the streets? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's what we're going to do here. Uh, We had an extra-large interview with uh, Dr. Drew Pinsky. Uh, one of our super long podcasts. Not that long, actually, by modern standards. It's fairly short. Um, but we're yeah, talking we got to about... do a good three hour interview with Jordan Peterson. Uh, actually, I'd enjoy that, but it's still too. awfully long. Um, it, we talked to Dr. Drew, who's a mental health professional, and he's just absolutely militant about the homelessness problem, that it is not a housing problem. There is a housing problem in the expensive, you know, coastal U.S., but that's not what's causing the homelessness thing. It's mental illness and it's drug abuse. And you can listen to the entire podcast at armstrongandgetty.com, but we wanted to uh, play you a couple of uh, uh, clips. Let's do number 30. I don't, I've never understood this completely. There's, there's mental illness like my son's got. Um, you know, just it's, it's something that happens. It's, you didn't make any life choices that brought this on you or whatever. And then there's ruining your brain from drug use. Can you fix somebody's brain who's ruined it from drug use? Are they just a a ward of the taxpayer at that point? Or what what do we do with them? It's a a great question. So, so let me answer your question and then I'm going to give you a corollary issue. One is about three quarters of the time, the even the psychotic drug user will reconstitute. There was some crazy data that just came out, however, that shows if your psycho- psychosis was induced by either cannabis or methamphetamine, you're actually more likely to stay and remain psychotic from cannabis than amphetamine. This was shocking data to me. Mm. So both drugs are inducing psychosis, but one actually is more likely to be a long-term problem. Now, the the issue of a, a spontaneous mental illness, which are about 1% of the general population. We're always going to have this. It is a phenomenon. It just, a brains get sick, just like hearts. And when that happens and we don't treat it, you can lose people forever. If you treat it early and aggressively, they can do very well and actually return to a productive life. Weirdly, in this in the state of California, if somebody has a dementia and has confusion and hears voices and is delusional, and you don't intervene, you're guilty of abuse. With schizophrenia, with the same exact symptom complex, oh, well, you can't touch them. You're not allowed to touch or go near them. And the schizophrenia is the circumstance in which you can change the course of the illness by intervening. Dementia, intervening does nothing. And yet that's the one that we have to intervene on. It's insane. It's insane from a clinical perspective. And, and l- listen, you, you hear what the case I'm building here. People that defend the status quo are defending ruining lives and killing people. That's strong stuff, and I think he's right. 
Um, you know, he talks about, I guess the clip 28 is a similar theme. Um, why don't we do clip 26? He's talking about the uh, meth explosion on the streets. Would you agree that it's useless to discuss homelessness unless we start breaking down percentages of the drug addicted, the mentally ill, the mentally ill and drug drug addicted guys who are just bums? They're just dropouts. They'd rather not work, et cetera. There there are probably that latter category is about 10 percent. And even those, a majority are probably taking meth. So it is. Look, I was up in Sacramento about a month ago. I went on the streets, I went around with the cops, I talked to all the homeless, and they all told me the exact same thing. The cops and the homeless, 90% are using meth on a regular basis. So 90%? 90%. And these were unprompted, ad hoc interviews with homeless and cops. And they on the streets of Sacramento, they all said the same thing. When I go out to Los Angeles, I ask what percentage are doing drugs. They'll say somewhere between 60 and 80 percent. You go downtown in downtown on Skid Row and it's higher and the mental health issues are much more acute. This is unconscionable. No other country on Earth doesn't take care of people with brain diseases. It's too much. It's too much. I, I can't even believe what I'm seeing. This is a population I serve for 30 years. I know exactly what's going on. I know exactly what can be done for them, and I know exactly how well they can do. And I know those that need chronic custodial care. We have to get realistic about this. It reminds me of our great theory of societies veering from guardrail to guardrail. You know, back in the 19th, uh, early 20th centuries, the mental institutions were terrible. They were just, they were utterly inhumane uh, buildings full of horror. And then this craze took place in the 50s and 60s that all we needed to do was have community centers where people could go and say, I'm stressed, and that would prevent schizophrenia. So all of the state hospitals were closed, partly in a reaction to the horrors of the early 20th century, and we ended up just turning these people on the streets. And then you get really soft on hard drug use and sales and theft and the rest of it, and you end up where we are right now as a society. But I guarantee we're at the guardrail. When your super liberal cities are already saying, whoa, 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 this is a disaster. So I think we're going to veer back towards something close to sanity soon. I hope so. If you want to hear more of that, it's our podcast we did with uh, Dr. Drew. It's at armstrongandgetty.com. Yesterday, while we were on the air, the uh, Harvey Weinstein verdict came down. One question we had was, would they keep him in jail or would they let him out till sentencing? I thought, surely you got to keep a, a sexual predator in jail. <clears throat> and, and the judge did decide to do that, but then... Harvey Weinstein clutched his chest. Oh, my heart. No. Oh, my God. I think I'm having a heart attack. It's the big one. So he got to go to the hospital instead of the jail, at least briefly. But he'll still end up in the in the jail. Get your fat, rapey ass to the local jail cell, Harvey. Uh, sh- uh, note to the articles talking about and writing about the disgraced movie producer. Try the term convicted rapist instead. Ah, good one. That's a good, good one. Good one. Good You're pivot. right. And I yeah. saw that all day long. Disgraced yeah. movie producer. No. Convicted rapist is much better. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go with that one instead. I like it. Strong. Yeah. And don't forget. And somebody mentioned, I heard a news account. I'd forgotten that there are, I think, 90 women who've come forward. It's a lot. And say he either raped me or groped me or demanded sex in return for a movie or when i said no tried to ruin my career whatever the guy was a monster yeah no conscience well and then if you if you ever got a sniff that you were going to come forward and cause me any problem he'd hire the Mossad to investigate you right and uh you know ruin your life 
Yeah. He yeah. was he's vicious. Create false uh, front shell business corporations that would pretend to be interested in your various projects only to under it, it, the the lengths that he went to to ruin people's lives is quite literally unbelievable. Yeah. yeah movie trade stuff of movies. Well, he's thanks. That was good, Clint. Uh, well, he's now in in a cage like he's an ape and and that's about as evolved as he was, honestly. So good. Clint came out the other day endorsing Bernie, right? Clint Eastwood endorsed Bernie over the weekend. Pretty yeah, sure he did. So he's still got that empty chair? Maybe you can bring that up on the uh, convention floor for Bernie. Ah, We're thinking yesterday we, are you? <laughs> yesterday we made the decision. We're thinking we got to be at the Democratic convention one way or the other. It's just going to be pretty dang interesting. I'm seeing Eastwood backing Bloomberg. Bloomberg? Okay, he went with Bloomberg. I got came remember. out in favor of Bloomy. There's fake news there, Jack. Jack Acosta, I'm going to start calling it. <laughs> no, I'm more Lion like... Uh, liar. I'm more like, I get your word straight, Jack. I'm more like Biden making up stories like that he got arrested <laughs> in South Africa. What? Right. Right. Somebody's got to bring that up on the debate stage. Got Brian tonight. Williams' disease. Yeah, he claims his... I tell you what, Joe, listen, you've served this country very well in the Senate as vice president, and we all thank you for that, but... Just in the last week, you've claimed your son was the Attorney General of the United States when he wasn't. You've claimed you got arrested in South Africa when you weren't and you were bragging about it. And I just, I think your best days are behind you, Joe. I apologize for that. I think somebody's got to come out and say it. That'd be a little Julian Castro, wouldn't it? Did you forget what you said? You already forgot what you said a minute ago? But again, that, that's what we're, I was talking about before. It's a good attack done terribly. Hmm. Julian Castro is just bad at it. Because he's Hispanic. Okay. All right. I give up. I give up. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This day, 30 years ago, Nelson Mandela walked out of prison and entered into discussions about apartheid. I had the great honor of meeting him. I had the great honor of being arrested with our UN ambassador on the streets of Soweto trying to get to see him on Robbins Island. One of the most sacred guys ever knew because I got arrested trying to see him when I went down to South Africa. Nelson Mandela. I came back from South Africa trying to see Nelson Mandela and getting arrested for trying to see him on Robbins Island. He was in prison. Is that true? Well, Biden's own 2007 memoir never mentions being arrested in South Africa trying to see Nelson Mandela. And someone who was traveling with him at the time doesn't remember it either. One of Corn Pop's long lost relatives, Mark Stein, is still with us. Mark, (laughs) were you there when he was arrested? That's that's funny. Um, On Tucker Carlson last night. So, you know, like Joe said earlier, why why are we beating up a candidate that has no shot? I think that's probably right. I think he's dead and gone, electorally speaking. But. And the U.N. ambassador, the U.S.'s U.N. ambassador got arrested, too, and there's no record of that either. That wasn't a giant international incident. I kind of was a leafy. Yeah, I think I think his. Uh, yeah, more than a leafy. I think he's lost his mind. Yeah, I don't think it's a making up a story. You, you wouldn't think you're going to get away with that. It's no, just, I think he, he I, just misremembers. I think he's embellishing a story. He embellished it little by little over the years, and because it was 40 years ago, yeah. a little at a time over 40 years gets you to a completely different place than where you were originally. Yeah, as P.S. pointed out earlier in the show, when you retell a story, you're not remembering the original, you're remembering the last time you told the story. And and saying, 
you know, the authorities briefly said, can you wait here for a minute? You know, it didn't impress anybody at a cocktail party. So you enhanced it to be. And they stopped us. I mean, they said, get over there. It was, it was scary there for a minute. And everybody was like, oh, oh, my God. And so he just kept building the story through the years. Till, oh, yeah, we were arrested. And uh, you know, they, they held us for a while. But then finally turned us, heard who we are and, and turned us loose, blah, blah, blah. But nothing happened. So, so do we all have stories that over many decades are completely different than what they think they were? Psychologists would say yes. My story about meeting Elvis as a five-year-old that I actually just Sean, see. I don't, I don't believe in silent letters. Yes? <laughs> My story about meeting Elvis as a five-year-old that I actually just see Davy Jones out the window? <laughs> little by little over the years. I don't think it's like that. <laughs> Although, I don't know, it could be. <laughs> it's not that like every memory you have is false or anything uh-huh. like that, but they do evolve. And it's terrifying. It freaks you out. They did this study where they asked people, they've done it with 9-11 when Kennedy was shot. They ask him a year after, where were you? What were you doing? Then they ask him two years later, then five years after that, then ten years after that. And people's answers change substantially. Wow, that's troubling. The vast majority of people. Yeah, it's troubling. I swear to you, I remember exactly how it unfolded, but I'm a little worried I'm wrong. 9-11? Yeah, 9-11. Yeah, sorry. Not Kennedy being shot. Um, yeah. yeah, I can describe it in detail, that, that, the, how the entire morning unfolded, and I'm certain I'm right, mostly. I was hammered drunk, so I, I'm certain I don't have any idea. Right. Well, you'd abandon your country at its moment of greatest need, as I recall. Yeah. Consorting with the English. Yeah. Social democracy. I was drunk way. and I saw people watching TV in, in England and there was something was on fire. And, and I was on vacation. I thought, something's on fire somewhere. I'm not getting in, sucked into the news today. Right. I remember kind of thinking that. Rambling around the moors, drinking pints in local pubs. I didn't know. watching the damn news. Giant news story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was here serving my country. <laughs> at, at what point did you realize? The next day. Oh, wow. Yeah. I went through that whole day without catching on. Wow. Wow. Amazing. I was uh I was five sheets to the wind. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I believe it. If I'd have come across a dragon, I wouldn't have been able to slay it. <laughs> yeah, you normally only hear about the four. Four sheets. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh no. No. The fifth sheet is there for a reason. Because you need it. <laughs> I remember walking through this field in England and there was a castle there and I just I remember staring at that castle for a long time. Right. You know what? Yeah. Well, it's a castle. We don't have them over here. You're familiar with the the four sheets to the wind? What that's a reference to? No. It's it's about sailing. Oh. It's about you're getting blown so hard by your drunkenness. You're. Uh, anyway, oh wow. It's a charming old. Uh, I didn't know expression. That. There's a hole in the show, and you know it's time to go. It's time for final thoughts on your feet. <laughs> on your feet. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, welcome, everybody. Thanks for stopping by. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap up the show. Michelangelo pressing the buttons in the control room. Final thought, Michael. Yeah, my family had a golden retriever that died, and so we paid $30,000 to clone him, and the new dog looks just like the old one. If you paid 50000 to clone a dog, you're just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> nice. See earlier in the show. Positive Sean, final thought? I think everything's on is in the cards for the debate tonight. I'm talking to everything. I, I think Joe Biden might walk on the stage with his apology chain. It's all up, oh, up for yes, grabs. Yes, going to wrap a chain around Bernie's head. Uh, Jack, final thought for us? It does seem like it would be impossible for it to not be a major, major dramatic debate. 
I mean, if it's not, it's unique in its own way. It'd be dull, but it'd be like, why did everybody give Bernie a pass? I'm sure glad that Sean and Joe have volunteered to watch it. Oh, wait a minute. I'll take the first 45 minutes, then I'm out. Uh, My final thought is we are still taking your emails. You lived under socialism. What's it really like? Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. And again, I think I have 45 minutes uh, in me tonight. Uh, A number of my friends will be watching it even beyond that. They're politics junkies. Feel free to text me. Uh, Maybe I'll tune back in. I'm all about the echo chamber afterwards, especially like your MSNBCs, how they're going to react to Bernie. Um, Anybody else got any memories that they know have changed dramatically over the years? We should hear from that on the mailbag or the text line. Sure, yeah. Mailbag at Armstrong and Getty. Like your sister says, that never happened that way. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour work day. So many people think so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. Our extra-large podcast with Dr. Drew is there. Plus, Lenin was a piece of S. Our discussion of one of the best books to come out about socialism in the last 50 years. And all sorts of good stuff. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. And we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing You probably have the worst record in the history of broadcasting. Armstrong and Getty.